Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. He alone is worthy. We thank God for his goodness and mercy. Great to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for being here tonight. And I pray that the Lord will speak to your heart and the Lord will touch you in a special way. That something will happen. Uh, I appreciate those of you. Some of you, I didn't get to get a chance to tell everybody, but those of you that uh, had a chance to hear, uh, today we're fasting, and we're fasting for the uh, the kingdom of God to manifest in the midst of the congregation, the church of the living God, uh, because I don't know about you, but I feel very strongly that um, we need demonstration of God's power in our church in his church we really do we need to see the demonstration of the power of god and the day you get content not seeing it you're in trouble you don't want to get content not seeing the power of god you need to cry out to god and say god we're not seeing what you promised that we would see in the scripture you said signs and wonders shall follow them that believe and so if you are a believer then you qualify to see signs and wonders <laughs> if you're a believer, you qualified to see signs and wonders to follow you. So we have every right to go to our God and say, Lord, we want to see signs and wonders because we believe 
and you said signs and wonders will follow them that believe and um we are looking forward to god demonstrating signs and wonders in the congregation amen so hopefully you had joined us in fasting and praying and the lord has touched your heart and drawn you closer to him and um tonight he will speak a word into your heart and to your mind that change will come to your life amen if you'll stand with me we're going to go before the lord in prayer amen we have a couple things that i want you to make mention of in your prayer tonight um pray for sister rosie rosie is down in tennessee and of course you know sunday she said to send the message that um tennessee needed a shout out we were giving everybody a shout out and there was no shout out to tennessee so we have to keep tennessee in the loop but she's not uh feeling good in her body and she has um she has symptoms of different kind of illnesses so we need to pray for her that god will touch her body and miraculously heal her if we want rosie to um have a speedy recovery she's a nurse and so she is on the front line she is an essential worker like many of you in here and so we want god to touch her and heal her also this saturday we're going outreach into the community and so those of you that can meet us 9:30 again meet us here and we'll go back where we've been going for the past 3 weeks and continue to reach that community so if you can meet us here at 9:30 that will be really wonderful so let's pray for our team that will go out and reach into the community and also this sunday at 3 p.m. there is a prayer walk um a unified prayer walk uh throughout the United Pentecostal Church in the national we've called a national day of prayer and that will be this Sunday August the 9th and um they're asking that every church uh will go to their state um capital building and just pray that um the church will experience the favor of God um in this midst of the challenging time and um where you know with all that's going around going on I should probably say um I guess the best way to put it is um the church have been impacted and as we know the church is um essential the church what's going on in our world today we need the church to be at the forefront because people need peace people need Jesus people need to hear the gospel i um listen to this i um today and tomorrow while i'm working i'm taking part in this um conference that goes on every year that's called um global leadership summit global leadership summit and what they try to do is bring the 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 most influential leaders and most impactful leaders around the world to this conference and of course the way our things are right now it works out perfectly because um there're really no one in person where they're doing it doing it and so it's being streamed and so you know I'm working and got it going on and it was just wonderful and um one of the speakers today that was really impactful was um our 43rd president George Bush uh the son and if you hear him talk I'm just like that can't be I mean he talked about how he used to drink and um how he you know was delivered from drinking and people you know we need to get the gospel out <laughs> oh my goodness I said lord and if you and and if you see people of that 
stature, that that kind of um, influence that's telling you how important it is for the gospel to go out, you know we're in the last days. And you know that we need to make sure we do our part in getting the gospel out when you get the president, our former president, telling us that we need to get the gospel out. And so he was just wonderful. And um, there was someone interviewing him. His his platform was a little bit different. And um, he was great. A um, guy named um, Craig Rochelle, Rochelle he um, kicked it off. He was really good. Got a lot of notes. It's It's been really impactful. So. I appreciate it. Jake's finished it up today. He was the last speaker. So um, it's a really good um, leadership conference. It's called Global Leadership Summit, and they do it every year. I think it's probably the first um, Thursday and Friday of August every year, and it's very impactful, and it's worth every dime that you will spend to be a part of that because it really will impact your life. So um, pray that our church can be an impact for those of you um, that I didn't get a chance to share with. I was able to have a Zoom call with our mayor yesterday, and uh, that went really well. So he's the new guy. Um, he looked like he can be my son. He's 36 years old. And so Mayor Jeff Martin, young man, smart man, really intelligent, and he was able to you know, talk to me about a lot of things, and we had a good dialogue. So hopefully we can keep the connection, and one day we'll get him out or we'll – be able to go to his building his building is closed right now as you know so we can't go in so the zoom call was great probably was better than me leaving my house to go down there i mean we were face to face and get to see one another so it was great so god is doing some wonderful things we just have to do what we need to do get this gospel out do what you do and if you are a child of god be a child of god and don't let anything stop you from being a child of god because the leaders of our world are telling us, whatever you do, do it. You know, because people are concerned and, you know, a lot of things. And it's by right. But you don't have any choice but to just do what you do. You don't have any choice but to be who you are. And so instead of wasting time trying to think about things or figure things out, no, no, no. Just do what you do. Be who you are. And if you're a preacher, just preach it. If, if, if you're a saint of God, live like a saint of God and be a witness and teach the word of God. Just, just be who we are and do what we're supposed to do and we'll be fine. It'll be all right. Somebody say amen. Amen. So let's go before the Lord in prayer and then we'll get into the word of the Lord tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight for your goodness, for your mercy, your kindness, your love. We thank you for bringing us together one more time. We thank you, Lord God for just allowing us this privilege to partake of the Word of God, to be able to break the bread of life. It is a privilege. It is a blessing, Lord God, to receive the Word of God, to be instructed in the Word of God. Lord, we thank you for the gathering of the church of the living God, the people of the name. We're grateful, Lord God, to come together tonight in your name, Lord God. We ask, Father, that nothing hinder us, Lord God, from sweet communion with you from an encounter with you tonight lord god let nothing on our part hinder us because lord we truly want an encounter lord we truly want to hear from heaven tonight lord we truly want you to speak to us and instruct us in your ways lord god we pray tonight the power 
from on high will manifest among us, Lord God. Lord, we're hungry. We're thirsty, Lord God, for signs, wonders, and miracles uh, to manifest. You said, Lord God, that signs and wonders uh, shall follow them that believe. And Lord, uh, we're people of the name. We're believers, O oh God. We, we trust you. We believe you. We follow you, Lord God. And we're asking for a manifestation tonight uh, in this place that we will behold a power from on high working mightily and miraculously, Lord God. You know the need of your people in this house tonight, Lord God. Will you do what you do, Lord, and exceed their need? Exceed their need, will you, Lord? Oh, Father, have your way tonight, Lord God. I pray, Father, that there will be spiritual liberty in this house tonight, Lord, that we will be free in the Holy Ghost, and that we will be moved by your Spirit, Lord, and that the power from on high will strengthen us and overshadow us, Lord God. We want to leave this place changed. We want to leave this place, Lord God, with revelation and illumination, Lord God. We want to leave this place, Lord Jesus, knowing you just a little bit more and knowing what we ought to do as the children of the Most High God. Will you bless our service tonight and have your way in this place, Lord. We give you praise and honor and thanksgiving and we pray these things in the wonderful and powerful and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Can somebody give him some praise? Clap your hands unto the Lord. Lift up your voice and just let him know how you feel. Give him a shout of praise. Adore him. Give him adoration. Oh, Lord, we love you. Oh, Lord, we thank you tonight. Oh, Lord, we bless your name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 It's all right to praise Him. I love to praise Him. Glory, hallelujah. Today, for just a minute, John Maxwell took part in the summit. Just for a minute, he just came on and gave a few points. And I wrote down a couple of the points real quick. He said, everything you don't have, listen to this, everything you don't have, but you really want is out of your comfort zone. Everything you don't have, but you really want, it's out of your comfort zone. And the, and when you become comfortable with being uncomfortable, you will achieve what you want. Some people, God want to do some miraculous thing in you. And you're afraid just to let out your voice. You're afraid to lift your hands. And, and you're afraid to just say, God, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to let you have your way. And what you can possess and obtain by being that way is something you really want. But it's going to make you uncomfortable. And the question becomes, how badly do you want it? Yep. Are you willing to just be uncomfortable? He also said, what we focus on expands. What we don't focus on shrinks. What you focus on expands. Now, he's eloquent, so he said it right. But I've always said this. Whatever you keep talking about becomes so huge 
that it overtakes you and will destroy you and even become your God. So whatever it is that's messing with you, you keep on talking about it, you keep giving it power. It keeps expanding and expanding. And before you know it, that's all that's just operating in your life. You, 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 you force God out of your life and you, you quench the voice of God out of your life because you're talking about that thing. And it's just expanding. And the thing that you don't focus on keeps shrinking. And so these are just things we need to think about. Uh, the, the one that talks about what you don't focus on keeps shrinking will, will shrink concern me a little bit because with the way we're doing our church services these days that could become a problem for some of us what you don't focus on will shrink and so it's it's convenient to be a part of the service now and i'm okay with how things are because i just realize the times that we're in but you can Become a part of the service, but not be in tune with what's going on, which means you're not focused, which means it shrinks. So if we're going to be a part of the service while we're home, we can't let it shrink on us to the point where it doesn't matter. Because while we're being a part, we're not focused. And if we're not focused... It shrinks. So when you tune in virtually, you got to focus. You got to focus when you tune in virtually that I want to, I want to make it like I'm a part of it. We got to be like, uh, winsome. Winsome, her daughter, and, or she does, said when she tune in, she feel like we're talking to her. She feel like it's there. So she's in it. We all have to feel like we're in it even when we're not here. If not, it's going to shrink to us and we're going to feel like no big deal. And we can't be saved if we're not a part of this thing. We need the church in order to get to heaven. You can't get to heaven on your own. You got to get to heaven through the church. That's the vehicle that takes us to heaven. So whether you like it or not, the church is the vehicle. Uh-huh. All right. You may be seated. Let's um turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 17. This is my introductory uh text tonight. Acts chapter 17, verse number 2. The word of the Lord says, And Paul as his manner was, went into went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Three days straight, or maybe three weeks straight, depending on how you look at it. Reasoned with them out of the scripture. The word that is used to translate reasoned, it means to dialogue or to have discussion. When the Apostle Paul ministered, for the most part, he was reasoning, having discussion with the people he was ministering to. 
He was reasoning with them. And if you look and read his writings, you'll see he reasoned with them. If you, if you look at when, uh, uh, um, when they was worshiping the princess Diana, uh, when Paul rolled upon them, he asked them questions. He's 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 building uh, a, 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 a base for how he can draw them in. He's reasoning with them. And so we have to realize as Christians, we need to understand the word of God to the point where we can reason with people. Jake's talked about this today, about how uh, there was a time where we all lived in our own domain and we didn't worry about um, what anyone else was doing especially when you have money you can do whatever you want you, you didn't worry about what everyone else was doing because you can control the narrative around you and so you didn't worry about everyone else but the bottom line is the way how the climate is today we need to learn how to include everyone everyone must be included and what that's going to do it's going to force us how to uh, become uncomfortable again. We're going to be forced to become uncomfortable because I can be talking to Josiah and because he's a young man and, 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 you know, the young people, they kind of hip and cool and he might begin to speak to me in a way where I'm like, okay, you know, what is he really saying or whatever. But back, back in the day, we would just ignore and just shun them like they're irrelevant. But nobody is irrelevant. We were not supposed to do that back then. We were supposed to make sure we give everyone an opportunity to state their case, to hear them out, to see what they think, because everyone is important and everyone is relevant. But for years, we just never treated people like that. If you didn't bring anything to the table, you were irrelevant. But now we're in a climate where we're trying to do our best as a country, for the most part, that we're giving everyone an opportunity to present their case or to state their claim or be included. And so that's important. The Apostle Paul did that when he showed up someplace. He was, he included everyone. He wanted to hear what everyone was saying and he wanted to make sure he can reach everyone with the gospel. So he reasoned with them. He heard their questions and gave them answers from the scriptures. One of the things that I've learned as a pastor is that not only is it important for me to tell you what you need to know from the scriptures, but for me to also answer your questions that you have according to the scriptures. That's very important. There are people that have gone to churches and sat on the pews and want to ask the question or questions, and they never had a chance to ask their questions. Well, we don't want that kind of church. We want to make sure in this congregation, your questions can be asked and they can be answered. <laughs> Listen, I understand that throughout our journey to know God, there's going to be questions. I know that. And I'm not going to act like there, there won't be. I'll have questions. You'll have questions. Questions will arise. Somebody say that. Questions will arise. And if we will answer those questions, it will help us to understand more about the Lord, 
understand his nature and his character when those questions arise. We want to answer them because it's going to help us get closer to Jesus Christ. So, for the next four Thursday nights at Bible study, I am going to bring questions that I have been asked over the years. And I'm going to try to give these questions a practical and scriptural answer for you. Some will be very simple, but others may be pretty deep and require a little more time to explain. So, I'm going to be teaching this series for the next four weeks on this title, Questions Christians Ask. Questions Christians Ask. Mm-hmm. Now, I might throw some monkey wrench in it and ask you some really weird things and probably mention some weird things, but we'll, we'll get on track and talk about the serious questions. So, listen to this. People ask questions like this. If God is so good, why does he let bad things happen? Right? We, we, we get that, don't we? Why should I believe that God loves everybody if you say he sends people to hell? Those are things that people are asking. There are some questions that we will probably not cover in details, but there are one-line answers for some of the questions you may have. For example, who was the greatest female financer in the Bible? Who was the greatest female financer in the Bible? Answer, Pharaoh's daughter. She went down to the bank of the Nile and drew out a little prophet. <laughs> I don't know if you caught it, but trying try to mess with you. <laughs> Question, what kind of man was Boaz before he got married? Answer, ruthless. Why did Moses wander in the desert for 40 years? Answer, even then, men wouldn't ask for directions. Help us, Lord. Then there are probably some questions that will, we will not attempt to answer. We, just some things are just ridiculous, right? Like this one. If the ark was large enough to contain two of every animals, or two of every animal, how did the Israelites carry it around for 40 years? So one is the ark that they went in, and one is the ark of the covenant, but when people don't know their Bibles, they're going to mix the questions up. <laughs> so we certainly will not struggle to have enough questions because there are Many questions to be asked. All right. So tonight we will start with question number one. And this is appropriate because we're going to be asking questions. So here's the question that we're going to answer tonight. Should Christians question God? Should Christians 
question God. Since our entire series is about questions we ask, hey, we don't want anyone to not know if you can question God or not. So we will deal with that tonight. There are Christian leaders out there who have taught that you are never to question God. In fact, there are a few verses that if you just look at one verse, it would seem that questioning God is very wrong. So if you look at Romans chapter 9, verse 20, Romans chapter 9, verse 20, in the Living Bible, different translation, it reads this way. Who are you to criticize God? Should the thing made say to the one who made it, why have you made me like this? So people will use this verse to say, you should never question God. The Bible tells us of a man named Job. In the duration of one day, more crises visited his house than we can imagine. His servants came running into his presence with reports that rocked his world. What they had to say was unsettling and inconceivable. The first one came in and said, Job, I hate to tell you this because it looks like you're having such a wonderful day. But the Sabians came and they took your 1,000 oxen, and your 500 donkeys. Mm -hmm. And he had hardly to stop or hardly to step aside when another servant came and said to him, Job, Job, I don't know how to tell you this, but fire fell from heaven and burned up 7,000 of your sheep today. Job said, my sheep? And then another servant ran in and said, Job, the Chaldeans came and stole all 300 of your camels and killed all of your servants. And I alone have escaped to bring you this news. But what he heard next is what really rocked his world. The messenger came not just with hard breathing, but with profuse tears because the anticipation of breaking the heart of this godly man was enormous. He said, Job, your seven sons and your three daughters were all together in your eldest son's house. And a wind came from the wilderness, came and beat upon all four corners of the house. And there fell and they fell and they all died that day. And all this time, Job is staggering to try to comprehend this tragic or all these tragic news. His blessings seemed to be evaporating before his very eyes, and he didn't even know who to blame for it. We like to find somebody to blame for everything. It's the devil. You just got to stay focused. It's the devil. Because there were four messengers, two of them came and said, it was, a, it was caused by the Sabians and the Chaldeans, enemies of the earth. But the other two said, no, it's not just your earthly enemies, but the fire came from heaven and the wind came out of the wilderness. And Job didn't know who to blame. How do you fight against a wind that blows from the wilderness? How do you fight against the wind that came and hit all four corners of your, your, your home? And the messenger or messages messages 
from those four servants that day brought Job to his knees. Mm -hmm. His health was immediately attacked and his body was covered with boils that started at the top of his head and went all the way down to the bottom of his feet. And Job was left literally in a pile on the floor, lying in ashes to soothe his pain. And even his wife came into the room and said, how can you still have integrity? You should curse God and die. And he uttered his first question, Job chapter 3, verse 11, when he says, why was I born? So he started life out. Things were going good. Things was working out. Josiah, hear me. You're young. Life is good. You're getting ready to go to college. Got a nice ride. Things are just great. You a basketball player. You know, you got it going on. All good. You're a Christian. I mean, it's all good. Job life was just good. And when all this stuff happened, Job's response is first question. Why was I born? Maybe Job never thought about that before. And all of this calamity, all of what took place, made Job think about, why was I born? Church, I've learned, and I'm understanding more and more, and I read my Bible so I, I, I can pinpoint what we're dealing with, and I always go back to the text in the Old Testament and see where God will allow things that we would consider bad to come to us. Because that's when we search our heart. That's when we decide that, you know, we need to serve God. I feel bad because there's some people, when bad things happen, they go to total opposite. They cut, they, they just go away from God. I feel bad for those. But for most of us, most of us, when bad things come our way, we do go to God. We do some soul searching. We start asking questions that we normally don't ask. And so I know that God allows some bad things to come our way. He didn't stir up the bad things. He didn't cause the bad things to happen. They were coming and God could have stopped it. But he says, no, I'm going to let it get past me and I'll see how they will respond. And I believe that God is allowing some things to happen and see how we will respond. How will we respond to all the things that's going on? And I got to tell you, I believe that we're, that, that a lot of us have responded by saying, I got to get closer to Jesus. I believe a lot of us have responded by saying, it looks like prophecy is being fulfilled. I need to get my life in order. So I know a lot of us are responding the right way. But if this didn't happen, you know what we would have been doing? Like Job, enjoying life, going about our business, not thinking about a thing because life is good. The Lord will allow some things to happen so we can begin to do some soul searching. We don't do enough soul searching. We don't get our homes in order like we need to because life just seems to keep going and keep going and keep going. The, 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 the former president, 43, said today that when things start happening, people start wondering, is this the end of the age? said, Bush, what you know about the end of the age? Because when you think, when you talk to people that are really smart, really educated, they don't think that there will be an end. 
They just think people will born and die and born and die, and this is a continuum, and it never stops. So really smart people don't think like that. So when I heard the president say, oh, my goodness, this could be the end of the age, I said, oh, she's that deep. I mean, he was surface for a little bit. You know, his, his, his faith was a little, but you can tell he has grown in his faith. I'm like, wow. Give 43 his credit. Man is trying to live for God. My Lord. In Job 10, Job asked God, are you like a man of flesh that has something against me and has come after me? And so we have this thing that we think when bad things happen that God have a problem with us. <laughs> I know I used to think like that. I used to think when things go wrong, I'm like, God, what did I do? How did I mess up? And I'm trying to trace my steps because something wrong is happening in my life. And I'm trying to trace my steps. But the bottom line is bad things will happen sometimes and God allows them. You don't have to start questioning if God loved you or not when something bad happened. God loves you. He will always love you. He will never stop loving you. Bad things coming your way does not mean God don't love you and care for you. It just means he allowed it. You need to ask the question, okay, Lord, you have allowed this to happen. Can you open my eyes to understand why you allowed this to happen? Show me. What I need to do, because I must be missing it. Chapter after chapter, Job is hurting and questioning and finding no answers. <laughs> we want God to talk to us, right? And finally, in chapter 38, the Lord speaks to Job. And some say he doesn't answer Job at all because God proceeds to ask Job 77 questions. I'm not going to read all of them tonight, but let's go to Job chapter 38, verse number 10. Job 38, verse number 10. Questions Christians ask. Job 38, 10. Well, let me see here. The scripture says, when I fix my limit for it, and set bars and doors. When I said this far, you may come, but no further. And here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? You hear the, you hear the stuff God does? Because he's asking Job, does he do that? He's, look what it says. Have you commanded the morning? Since your days began. <laughs> and caused the dawn to know its place. That it might take hold of the ends of the earth. 13. And the wicked be shaken out of it. 14. It takes on form like clay under a seal. And stands out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld. And the uh, upraised arm is broken. Have you entered the springs of the sea or have you walked in search of depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the door of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all of this, brother Job. <laughs> 
So the Lord asked him all these questions. And for 71 verses, God asked Job, where were you while I was doing all of this? God isn't saying, Job, you should never ask me questions. He never said that. He was just telling Job what he has done. He wasn't angry at Job for asking questions. In fact, within those 77 questions that God asked Job, God was answering Job. God wanted Job to know that this is God's world, not Job's world. And so when things are happening that seems just out of control, you don't understand, remember that. This is God's world, not mine. And maybe I have lived it like it's mine, and now that I realize that it's not mine, I need to make sure I go to the one who says this world is mine. The world is mine, and everything in it is all mine. He designed it. He created all things. And so we live in this world like it's ours. But it's not ours. We came here and saw it. It's not ours. Adam came and saw it. You came and saw it. I came and saw it. It's not ours. (laughs) So when things go awry, go to the one who created the world. Go to the one who created you and say, what's going on, Lord? God not only possessed omnipotence, which means he's all powerful and omnipresence, which means he's everywhere all at once. And omniscience, which means he knows everything. God knows best. God knows what's next. All of the leaders today that spoke at the Global Leadership Summit, they all tell you, as great as they are, and they all just, they're really smart and they're connected with each other. But what they will tell you is, but we don't know what's next. (laughs) All of them, smart people. I mean, they know this stuff. But they say, but we don't know what's coming. So they talk a lot about leading in the unknown because that's what you have to do as a leader. You're leading in an unknown society. You don't know what's going to be next, but you, you need to keep on leading. God is all wise. God knows what will produce his will and his purpose in your life. God knows what will produce things in your life. And that's why God allows or God will stop prevent things because he knows what it will do in your life. And he's always working all things for good to them who love God. And so it might not seem like it's good when we see it happening and how it affects our life. We might not think it's good. But remember that scripture that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. To them that are called according to his purpose. Always remember that even when it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if he explained why every time anyway, you wouldn't understand it. <laughs> if he explained every time you want to know, Lord, what's going on here, I don't understand. If he explained every time, you wouldn't understand. The word of God said his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's main concern with a question, listen to me carefully, God's main concern with a question is not the question, but the motive behind the question. Did you get that? God doesn't have a problem with you asking them questions. (laughs) It's the motive. 
And you, as you line up with the Lord, understand whatever you're just desperate to know, check the motive. Check the motive. Why do you want to know? Because sometimes God won't answer our questions because we have bad motive. You want God to answer? He said, no, no, not answering that. I try to do that with individuals. When I'm, you know, we have this uh, vertical relationship with the Lord because that's first vertical and then the horizontal. And so uh, when I'm talking to individuals, whether they're in church or not, I weigh the motives. Now, I'm not God, so I don't know. But but I start asking questions. That's how I find out motives. God, God already knows your motives. He doesn't have to ask you questions. Every once in a while, he'll ask you the question just to make you really say really what's, you know, in your heart. But for me, if I'm talking to someone, I have to ask the question. So a lot of times someone will say something, ask me something, and I will just start asking questions. Why? Because I'm going to make sure I sift them through because what's your purpose of wanting to know? Because remember I've told you sometimes people are asking questions so they can keep on living the wrong way how they're living. They're looking for ammunition. They're looking for a, a, a justification of why they should keep doing what they're doing. So they're going to really think about it. Remember this. You know, you hear me say this before, that sometimes when we continue to do wrong, it's, it's because we have a stronghold in our life. And what that means is you have a reason for why you are doing what you're doing. So you may be doing something wrong. And what you have concluded in your mind, whether you rationalize it this way or not, it's, a, it's just the way it is. You have concluded in your mind that what I'm doing is not that bad because. That's what's called a stronghold. Because it means you're going to keep on doing that wrong in the eyes of God and never stop doing it, which is a sin, which is going to keep you out of heaven. But you've been justifying and rationalizing it. And it's going to get you. So that's a stronghold. This is why we need to be delivered from strongholds, because strongholds allow us in our mind how we comprehend, how we reason to keep on doing wrong, to keep on doing the thing that God is not pleased with. That's what a stronghold does. So we have to be careful. When we ask God questions or when we ask each other questions, is it coming from the pureness of your heart? Because you want to know, because you want to do better, because you want to know, because you want to help someone, or are you doing it because you're trying to do something selfish? Are you trying to, are, are you trying to please yourself? Are you trying to look it out for number one? Or you're asking the question to be godly? And God weighs our motive that way. So when we ask God questions, that's usually where it starts, whether or not you will receive an answer. That's why sometimes... You've been asking God a question for years now, and you can't get an answer. Because God is saying, I'll answer it for you. I'll, I'll give you, I'll tell you what God is saying. God is saying, you already know the answer. You're playing games with yourself. You already know the answer. So why you keep on coming to me praying? What do you think? I'm going to answer you when you already know the answer? Huh. Motives. 
His oxen were dead. His mules were dead. His sheep were dead. His children were dead. His wife thought he should give up. His friends told him he must have committed a great sin that God would punish him um, like this. But Job said, I am not going by what I see or by what I feel. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen, there is so much more to the Lord Jesus Christ raising from the dead that we ponder or give credit to. Because what really he's telling us is, if I raise myself from the dead, what are you all worrying about? We miss that sometimes. That the Lord is trying to let us know, if I raise myself from the dead, three days that I was dead, and then I raised myself up and spent some more time with you down there, and then ascended to heaven, if I did that, not only did I do that because I needed to do that, but I did that to give you proof of what could happen for you. If he can raise you up from the dead, if he can raise you up and bring you into heaven, what is there that we should ever worry about? If he can heal our bodies, what is there that we should ever worry about? Because there's nothing that our God can't do for us that we need him to do. There is nothing that our God can't do for us that we need him to do. Nothing. Job knew that. (laughs) The sheep are dead, but God is alive. The camels are gone, but God is alive. The children are gone, but God is alive. And if he's alive, that means he's still working. If God is alive, and we know he is, it means he's still working, Josiah. It doesn't matter how bad it gets, God is alive, and he's still working. The work is incomplete. The work is not finished yet so we got to just trust God that this is just a moment we're just going through a little situation right now we're just challenging a little bit right now but God is alive and it's not complete what he's doing it's not complete we don't have to worry about a thing no Uh uh-huh he's going to turn things around he's going to turn things around And if he choose to turn around by bringing me to heaven, all the more better. Listen to me. Maybe because I'm in my 50s. That sounds crazy. Can't believe Sister Jackson, you got a son that's in their 50s. Woo. But anyway, (laughs) you know, I don't know why at this early age I think like this, but I've encountered a lot of people. I I know a lot of people. I've, 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 I've been in a lot of places. I've been around really smart people. And just, I've just heard a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. I've been around smart people. I read the Bible, and i got to be honest with you. This might not sound right, but i just got to tell you what I mean. I'm not impressed by us anymore. I don't know what is that all about. What I mean by that is I'm not impressed. For all that we're trying to make ourselves out to be, I'm like, we're crazy. We're really nothing. Without God, we're really nothing. I'm looking at us like, who are we anyway? We're really nothing. I'm serious, Joe. You will not understand that at your age. You can't get that. But at my age, I look at us and I'm like, 
Who are we anyway? And I've just been so fortunate and blessed to be around some really, really, really powerful people and smart people and intelligent people. And I'm watching how we're all fearful at times. I'm watching how we're all, you know, you know, hurting at times. I watch how sometimes none of us have the answer. I'm looking at all of this. I'm like, we're all the same. We're all, why are we thinking that we're better than anybody? We're all the same. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much money you are, you have. I don't care how poor you are. We're all the same. There is nothing more for me to learn in this place when it comes down to trying to figure people out. I don't need to figure people out. The bottom line is I need to figure Jesus out. There is nothing that I need to know about man. I need to know more about Jesus. That's what we need to know. Nobody has anything really powerful to share because guess what? We all need one another anyway. Because the people that's making the money, if there's no sales coming in, they stop making money. We all need, we're just all the same. That's really how I feel. And I'm so, I'm smiling, I'm looking. This is why it, 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 I'm not intimidated to go and talk to anyone because we're all the same. We're all the same. Whatever you're good at, be good at it and offer it to society to make society better. That's all it is. That's all it is. Whatever you are, whatever you have, offer it to make people's life better. And that's all you can do because we're just, we don't have anything else. That's it. We don't have to walk around and act like this one is, is, is better than that one. And uh, We're all frail. Just like that, our life is but a vapor that appeared for a little time, then it vanishes away. We're, we're, we're here just for a little time. We're making more out of this than it really is. <laughs> oh, God help us. I look around and I hear people conversation and I smile. I say, God, this is it. If we don't come to know you, who are we anyway? We're nothing. What is it that we're chasing after? Help us, Jesus. (laughs) And Job made a statement in chapter 1. Here's what Job says. Job says, The Lord giveth all that you have or could have or will have or can obtain is because of the Lord. If you come to notice this this Christ, Jesus, the Christ, the one who gave us life, if we come to know him, we'll really realize that that's what's important. Because if I don't get to know him, if I don't have a relationship with him, then man, I'm just an empty shell. I don't care how smart you think I am, how the next person, how smart the next person think he or she is. We're just empty shells without Jesus. I just want to know him. I just want to know him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The first half of that phrase was explained through pain. But the second part of the phrase was born from the faith that was left. He could still call God blessed. 
he could still call God good. And whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever your body is doing, whatever is going on, God is still good and you're still blessed if you know who he is. Remember I told you when you come to know him and he has touched your life and you're never the same again, that's what brings value into your life. And so God will always be good and if you stay in touch with him and you live for him, you will always be blessed no matter what your circumstances are. No matter what. No matter how bad it seems. No matter how hard it seems. As long as you have a relationship with Christ, it does not matter. He could still say God was worth serving. He could still say God was worth holding on to. That's why Job could question God. Because his motives was right. So can we question God? Yes, we can. But we better have a right motive. Our right motive will cause us to get answers from God. If you question God with the right motive, guess what? God will answer your question. God wants to give you answers, but your motive got to be right. And let's not ask God questions about things that we already know the answer to. (laughs) There were some hedges around Job's life. There was a hedge around his wealth. There was a hedge around his health. Uh Uh-huh. Job, the Lord told the devil, you can do whatever you want to him, but you can't touch his life. The Lord put the hedge around him. So the Lord allowed the devil to do whatever he wants. But he couldn't take his life because the Lord had a hedge around him and the Lord controlled everything. The Lord decided if I could move the hedge so you can touch him. So the Lord removed the hedge that was around Job that allowed the devil to be able to touch his his health and his wealth and all that. So the the Lord had to remove the hedge. This is why you always hear me say God have to allow things. So that's why I got to be content. You got to be content with whatever is wrong in your life. If you're a child of God, whatever is wrong, just trust God on it because God had to approve it for it to happen. There's a hedge around your life. When you give your life to Christ and you're living for him, he places a hedge around you. And so the bottom line is if something happens to you, it's because God allowed it. Because he's got the power to keep a hedge around you and nothing can penetrate. But if it happened, he allowed it. Uh Uh-huh. God allowed those things to happen to Job because he was able to remove the hedge that he placed in Job's life. Uh Uh-huh. God gave all those things to Job. His health, his life, his wealth, everything. So God had the power To remove the hedge if he wanted. But after all of that, that was gone. Job was still unmovable. Some of us would have cursed God and died, as the wife said. Why was Job still unmovable? Because God allowed all the other things to happen and And now Job should have just been devastated, mad at God. Hmm. 
But Job had another hedge around him. Job had another hedge around him that was not up for grabs. Job had faith. Job had faith. And that hedge could not be taken down. Job had faith. And that was a hedge that could not be taken. His faith could not be messed with. You know why his faith couldn't be messed with this idea? The Lord gave Job health. The Lord gave Job wealth. The Lord gave Job his life. But Job was the one that obtained faith. So he had control over faith, Ethan. So everything that went wrong, the Lord allowed it. But the Lord couldn't do anything with the faith because the faith was what Job had control over. And so Job took control of his faith and said, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away. Naked I came in, naked I go out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so no matter what happened to Job, everything could have been gone. But his faith could not be gone because he was the one that obtained it. And he was the one that had the hedge around his faith. He had the hedge around his faith. So he said, no matter what, this I'm not letting go of. And devil, you can't take my faith. And we need to let the devil know tonight, devil, you can't take my faith. I don't care how many situations that come in my life. I don't care what I go through. I don't care what. God loved me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And no matter what, I'm not letting go of my faith. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to stay with Jesus because I have a faith that you can't take from me, devil. We can ask God questions. But the questions must arrive from the right motive. Job questioned God. And God just gave him rhetorical questions. God wasn't mad at him because God knew the questions that Job asked, they came from a place of a right motive. He wasn't asking the questions for any other reason but with the right motive. Job's choice was to serve God. Job's choice was to worship God. It was between him and God, and the devil couldn't take that away from him. And when everything was shattered and shaken, Job still had faith that stood in the midst of that turbulence, and God will let you ask questions all day long if your heart is right and willing to obey God. If we're going to obey God no matter what he says, that means we've got a right motive, and God will answer our questions. Questions Christians ask. And the first thing we cover in tonight is that Christians can ask God questions. We can. We can. As a matter of fact, I can go and show you this. It says here in, 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 in Matthew, uh, uh, 2746, even Jesus asked the question, even though he was quoting some, um, Psalms, even Jesus said, 
My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jesus was, Jesus had a unique nature. He was fully man and fully God at the same time. And when the man Christ Jesus felt heavy sins of all of humanity upon his shoulders on the cross, in his flesh, in his humanity, he cried out with a question, why have thou forsaken me? The flesh always questions the things of the spirit. You will never get your flesh to line up totally with the spirit until you get to heaven. And this flesh that you will have in heaven, it will take on a different form anyway. But I want you to notice where the question came from. It came from the cross where Jesus obediently obeyed the plan and carried it out to the last nail and thorn and spear. So even though the Lord Jesus asked the question on the cross, he still had every intention of obeying no matter what. When we ask God a question, we better have all intention to obey him. And that's what right motive is, that no matter what he says, I'm going to obey him. It doesn't matter if he gives me an answer that I don't like, I'm still going to obey him. And that's what Job's motive was. I'm going to obey him no matter what he says. I'm just asking the question. There's a voice that God will hear, even if it's a voice of question. And that's the voice of a heart that trusts and obey God. Even in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying and there's a battle going on between his flesh and the spirit. And he says, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, my flesh does not want to go to the cross. Is there a way that I could get out of it? But the motive is right because look at the next statement. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. That's Matthew 26 and 39. It's never wrong for your flesh to question why if your motive is still to trust and obey God. Matthew 7 and 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The first thing it says was ask and it shall be given. So we should ask. When you go down to James chapter 1 verse 5 it says, If any man lack wisdom, let him Ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraided not, and it shall be given him. And this will be the foundation of which we will answer questions for the next four weeks. Should we question God? Yes. I will go as far as to say, yes, every chance we get, we should question him with the motive that I'm going to obey him no matter what he says. God is waiting with answers and understanding so you can grow and mature and have a stronger relationship with him. We should question God. Next week, we'll pick up on the next question. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Why don't you stand with me and just worship him a little bit and love him. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, we honor you. There is none like you. We appreciate you, O God. 
You're so kind to us, Lord God. You're so gracious towards us, Lord God. Your mercy, Lord God, is ever-present, Lord Jesus. And oh my God, tonight we're grateful. We're thankful, Lord God, to just again learn of your graciousness, of your goodness, of your love, of your kindness. Tonight, Lord God, we're so grateful to know who our God is. There is none like you. There is none that can compare to you. You are the only wise God, the only true and living God. And tonight, Lord God, we're grateful, oh God, because you have opened our eyes to see like we've never seen before. You've allowed us, almighty God, to understand, Lord Jesus, our position with you and what our heart should be like, Lord God, when we stand before you. Oh, tonight, Lord God, I pray that somebody under the sound of my voice, Lord God, will understand who they are in Christ. That somebody, Lord God, will not be shy, but they will step right to the throne with boldness, but with a right motive, Lord God, and say, Lord, and begin to ask the questions, Lord, that they need answers of. We know you will answer us, Lord. We know, Lord God, that it's not your will that we be a people that lack knowledge. We know it's not your will that we be a people that are ignorant. And so God we come before you tonight to say hear our cry as we ask our questions Lord God will you speak your answers to us? Will you reveal to us Lord God what you will have us to know Lord Jesus? For we want to walk in knowledge. We want to walk almighty God with wisdom. We want to walk in the power of your might Lord Jesus. And tonight almighty God we're thankful. We're grateful Lord to know our God as great as you are, as powerful as you are, as sovereign as you are. Oh God, you still allow us to ask you questions. Oh God, Lord, give us that same kind of attitude. Give us that same kind of character. Give us that same kind of nature, Lord God, where we will be comfortable with being asked questions, Lord God. Oh Father, that we will realize, oh God, it's alright, Lord. Give us the right motive. Work in us, Lord God, that we will have a right motive, uh, that we will have a right spirit, uh, that Lord, when we do ask the questions, uh, we will ask them, Lord God, in love. Uh, we will ask them, Almighty God, uh, in kindness, uh, in compassion. Uh, oh, Jesus, have your way tonight, Lord. Uh, we thank you for speaking to our hearts. Uh, we thank you for direction tonight, Lord God. Uh, Lord, let the word that's been spoken tonight here, uh, let it take root in our heart uh, and grow uh, and produce good fruit. Uh, let it be Become a part of us, will you, Lord Jesus, uh, that we can live out this life uh, that you have called us to. Uh, have your way, sweet Jesus. Uh, we love you, Almighty God. Uh, bless this church, Lord God. Uh, let the power from on high oh, move mightily uh, and miraculously uh, in this church, Lord. Uh, we desire, Lord God, uh, to be whole uh, and to be a part uh, of the miracle signs and wonders. Uh, you said signs and wonders shall follow them. Uh, that believe. And tonight, Lord God, we're letting you know, oh God, we desire the signs and wonders with a pure motive, oh God, a right motive, Lord. We will obey you, Lord God, whether we experience the signs or wonders, we will still obey you. Jesus, you are our God. Jesus, you are our King. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Ha, ha. Yet, Mahaso, Komahi. 
Great and mighty is your name. Great and mighty is your name. Great and mighty is your name. The Lord, you are our God. And we thank you, Lord, for the great privilege to be called the children of the Most High God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody let God have his way in your thoughts. Let God have his way in your heart. Let him create in you a right spirit, a right heart. Oh, that he will give you a motive that is right. A motive that says I will obey no matter what. Oh, God, have your way tonight. Have your way, sweet Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like you. Church, hear me. We got to do whatever we have to do in this hour to get our hearts right. We need our hearts right. Ask God to get your heart right, to help you get your heart right. Ask God to help you get your heart right. Ask God to help you. Ask God to give you a sound mind, a right spirit, and a right attitude. That you will communicate like children of the Most High God. That your light will shine brightly. That you will be an example. That you will be as witness. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, oh God. Oh, we bless your name, sweet Jesus. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, let's love the Lord tonight. Let's thank him tonight. Oh, Jesus, have your way. Oh, Jesus, have your way. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like him. Amen. Thank him for his word tonight. We serve a wonderful God. We serve the true and living God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, let the Lord have his way in your life. We're going to see some great things. Whatever we focus on will expand. And if we focus on Jesus Christ, if we focus on his will being done, it will expand. We will see it. We will behold it. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. We love you. Have a great evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There are no more trees.